Right to be Red podcast, episode number 143. Interview with Pat Flynn. You are listening to the Right to be Red podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Right to be Red podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. It's me, Ani Alexander, and today, as always, I will try to inspire and encourage you with this podcast. And I'm sure that this time I will succeed because today I'm having a special guest who is back once again to the Right to be Right podcast. We had him in episode 35 when I was just starting the podcast. And up to now, his interview has been one of the most popular ones so far. So I'm really delighted to welcome back Pat Flynn to the show. And for those of you who don't know who Pat is, uh, Pat Flynn makes a living on the internet and considers himself the luckiest person on the earth. Through his very popular blog, Smart Passive Income, and his Smart Passive Income podcast, he shares his experience and helps his readers reach their goals. And I think that I should definitely also mention that Pat Flynn has been one of the very few people who encouraged me and supported me and told me that I could really do a podcast. And that's why partly because of him and uh, thanks to people like him who made me think that I could do it, Right to be Right podcast exists. And most probably, if not those people, I wouldn't get the courage and even try to launch a podcast. So thanks once again, Path, and let's head to the interview because I'm sure you will have loads of new things to hear because we will be covering Path Flynn's new book that launched just a few days ago. In fact, I think it launched yesterday and it's called Will It Fly? How to Test Your New Business Idea So You Don't Waste Your Time and Money. Okay, so let's go ahead and welcome Pat. Hello there, Pat. I'm really happy to have you over once again. I mean, <laughs> we, we had the really, I mean, you know, the interesting thing is that um, when people are um, talking with me about my podcast uh, they always kind of mention the big names I landed and ask how I did that and the most surprising name is you I mean the most talked name is like you know how did you get Pat Flynn to your podcast yeah. well now I'm back and they're going to be asking how you got me back for a second time oh yeah exactly <laughs> so that's why I mean you're you're one of the most popular uh, most talked names from the big names I've had on my podcast Oh, so awesome. it's nice to have you back because I'm sure that the you know people really like listening to you. Yeah, well, thank, I mean, to everybody out there who's listening to the show right now, just thank you so much for the support. I, I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, it really means a lot to me. So thank you. You totally deserve it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, for those who haven't listened to our first interview, in the, our first interview, we spoke about your very first book and the experience of, of writing a book for the first time. So we covered Let Go. And today we are going to talk to you about your second book because it's it's already written. And, um, and it's amazing. So basically it, around... I don't know, approximately a year passed from, from your first book until your second one? 
right? Uh, no, a couple of years, actually. I mean, Let Go was a book that came out in 2013, and this one's coming out in early 2016. So actually three years now that I think about it. But, you know, it wasn't obviously something I, I, I haven't been thinking about, uh, thinking about for a long time. So, you know, it, I, I knew that after I published Let Go that I wanted to publish something bigger, something that was more, you know, uh, nonfiction for helping people start their businesses. And, you know, the first book was great and that was a great experience, but it was a little bit shorter and it was more of a uh, an account of my transition from architect to entrepreneur. This one is is like, you know, knowledge I've learned over time that's then presented in this in this format, which is uh, has been a very big challenge for me to create. I mean, the other one was my story, so it was a little easier to to write and I uh-huh. wrote that wrote that in a couple months. This one took, you know, I guess in total over a year to really get it all into place, to really think things through and to, um, you know, really turn it into something that I was very proud of. I think I struggled a lot in the beginning, especially because I had put it so high in terms of what I wanted it to be. And I want it like, I remember sitting down and starting to write it and just, you know, spending a couple hours on, uh, writing just a single sentence because I just wanted every word to be perfect. And I, I struggled a lot. And, you know, <laughs> once I finally broke it down and, and, uh, thought about it in, in different sections, it, it became a little bit easier, but you know, there were definitely a lot of struggles and there were times when I often considered just not continuing because it was it was a really really big challenge for me but now that it's done I feel great but now of course we're shifting into the marketing part of it and you know I'm thankful to have our opportunities to talk about it on shows like yours and other people's podcasts too and you know we have a launch team that's going to be helping with the promotion of this too on launch day and I'm putting a lot of things into place I'm I'm putting all my chips in for sure to make this a, a success as best as I can and you know we'll see what happens but I'm, I'm really excited to hear what people think about it once they get their hands on it. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, you know, now that I'm listening to you, uh, you're having uh, most of the common struggles writers are having. So it's kind of, you know, you, you, you've dig into this quite deep and you're kind of, you know, having the same issues that the real writers are having. So it seems like you've been approaching the process from the right angle. <laughs> oh, good. Well, th- thank you. I mean, I know I have done online, online business uh, for, se- for over seven years now. I've been very successful with that, blogging, podcasting. I'm you know, I'm used to that now and I'm, 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 I feel very comfortable doing it. But this book, for whatever reason, it just became this totally different thing that made me really nervous and scared. But I also know through my experience with online business and entrepreneurship that every time I met with this fear that it is a sign that I have to keep going. And I knew that I came up with the same fear while writing this book. So I had to keep going. It was just a lot of struggle, but I got through it through a lot of uh, different ways through talking about it with other people and helping, you know, other authors who have helped helped me and guided me through the process. I have to give a shout out to somebody named Azul uh, Tarones, who actually I hired as a coach through this process because I really needed somebody there to to hold me accountable. I think that was uh, another thing was this person who I paid money to, to essentially tell me, when I was supposed to have certain sections done. And I know a lot of people who have worked with traditional publishers, for example, they, they have those same kinds of deadlines and same oh, yeah. kinds of pre- pressures. And, you know, I, I started to think about it and I actually work very well under pressure. So once I had that pressure put on me um, by this other person who, who was a friend of mine who is an experienced writer, uh, I really got cranking on it. And, you know, I then was like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch TV tonight because I have to write where <laughs> if I didn't have that, you know, I might get scared and procrastinate and actually watch TV. You know, that's normal things that yeah. people do when they get scared. They go back to things like that. But knowing that I had this deadline and these deadlines in place, you know, writing a certain part of the book by a certain moment in time 
uh, it, it really got my uh, my fire lit. Oh yeah, it, it's always kind of you know you have greater responsibility when you know that someone will be calling and asking if you've done it or not. So mm-hmm. that that itself already kind of you know makes you push harder because you have you, you feel that you you know it will be pretty uncomfortable saying that you haven't done anything. So oh totally all- and. It was it was him and also the fact that, you know, after I kind of had an idea of when I might have the, the book finished by, I then announced it to everybody, <laughs> my, uh-huh. my hundreds of thousands of people who follow me. And I said, I'm going to have a book and it'll be ready by February 1st. And then I sat back after I press, press published about on that podcast episode. And I was like, oh, man, I have That's work to do. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. It really worked. It really worked. And I got into super productive mode. And I actually wrote most of my book in the morning because that was when I had the most time. I actually woke up a little bit earlier. I woke up at 6 a.m. and I did all my writing for this book in the morning. So the uh-huh. kids woke up and that was my sign that I was done writing for the day. <laughs> and um, it was really cool because that was my time to write. I woke up every day very excited because I know I, know only, I knew I only had a limited amount of time to write. And it helped me write a little bit uh, faster in terms of you know just having it flow. Okay. Well, I remember that you posted a video uh, where you described your unique process of writing. You you obviously have found some ways that work better for you. I remember some post-it notes and the dictation thing that you mentioned. Can, can you briefly describe what your process of writing was? Uh, totally. Well, that was for getting the first draft up. And really, because one thing I learned from my uh, last book was when you're doing your first draft, you just have to just, you write, you just, you're in write mode, you don't edit, you just kind of like spew and Mm -hmm. throw up on, on your screen, just whatever ideas come to mind. And I can speak a lot faster than I type. So, you know, a few things I did was one, I just, then I first used post-it notes to just come up with any idea that comes to mind related to, to this topic. And so, you know, I literally had, you know, 50 post-it notes about different things. And then what's cool about post-it notes is that you can then rearrange them and then create some sort of order. And that mm-hmm. then becomes your outline, which is really cool. And so, again, we're still talking about the first draft here. And then from there, you take a post-it note one by one. Then you, then you actually dictate everything that you think about that. All the stories, all the ideas that come to mind related to that topic. And then using a tool called Rev to actually record that. There's an app on the iPhone. I think it's on Android too, but it's a it's a it's a dictation app where you can record your voice, but then you can press a button to have uh, human beings on on their end actually transcribe that for you. So, you know, I was actually calculating how uh, many words per minute um I or or words I was writing um, but and I started by hand just to kind of see what that was like and how many words I would write, mm-hmm. and then I did it uh, dictating, and I would write uh, five or six times more amount of words through speaking those words and then having them translated or yeah. transcribed. Excuse me. So, you know, that allowed me to get to eighty thousand words in about a month, which was really fast for for, for first draft, and that's oh, a, yeah. that's a lot of words, right? But as you can imagine, first draft, uh, there's a lot of not so good stuff in there. And also when dictating, that doesn't translate well into what a book yeah. would read like. The flow is not right. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not at all. But this was a great exercise because it allowed me to just kind of be flow when I was cr- coming up with these things and not, again, stop myself from getting in edit mode. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I would honestly say that about 90% of those 80,000 words was trash. But the 10% that was left over was amazing and great stories and great 
items that I then pulled and put into what later became my book. And I expanded on those things uh, to, to turn into what my book is today. And, you know, if it wasn't for that really quick initial first draft, I, I wouldn't have even gotten started. So the post-it note into the rev, into the transcriptions works really well for that first draft and getting those initial stories and, you know, just those thoughts that come out when you're not in edit mode. Um, it worked really well for that. But then I, but then the big challenge for me was, okay, I have these 10,000 words and, you know, it's all mixed up and, okay, how do I create order out of this? How do I translate that into a book? That was a huge challenge for me. And then you, you can't dictate that. There's no tools for that. Oh, yeah. That's just hard work and, and thinking. <laughs> and um, that took me a while. And that was a big struggle too. Um, and I've, I found that every time I go through a draft iteration, I've, I've gone through several different drafts and some with just myself going through it again. And then later in the process with editors and you know, a content editor and, and then a line editor and whatnot. Every time I've gone through it, it's been more and more difficult for me to, to make changes because I get more and more attached uh -huh. to um, yeah. what I write. And you know, some things you got to let go of. And I, that was a hard lesson for me too in this book in particular because there were, uh, you know, so many words uh, in some of those drafts and, you know, less is more sometimes. And that was hard for me to do because, you know, you spend all this time writing these great sections. I cut out one section that I, I must have spent three or four days on that I loved. But after I talked to the editor, it just... Um, you know, she was arguing why it didn't work. And of course, I just wanted to uh, not listen to what she was saying because I, I loved that section. But as uh, I think it was Stephen King or a few other people even before him said, you, you have to what they call your darlings. Yep, exactly. And, <laughs> and I did that. And, you know, she was right. I took those things out. It just made the flow a lot better and it, it made it more concise. And, uh, you know, so I thank her for that. But again, these are all lessons I'm learning now that you and a lot of your audience probably already knows. Yeah, well, actually, it's it's always hard. I, I I had a feeling that I before I thought that you know if you write more books with the time you'll get used to that, but I have a feeling that it's always very hard. To oh kind man, of, that's that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear that it gets easier. <laughs> no, no, I mean like killing those darlings and oh, having oh, oh. things cut out. It's always hard. It's not like you yeah. know at at some point you say okay, I don't care, let it go. It's you realize that you know that you need to do that. So so you you kind of approach it in a calmer mode than in the very beginning but mm -hmm. i i have a feeling that it never goes away completely it's always hard because um it, it's we we get emotionally attached to what we write right exactly so, um so somebody did say though that i don't have to you know kind of kill them uh, or murder those darlings, you can put them aside and put them into bonuses and um, you can oh, yeah. put them into special editions or you could talk about them on a podcast, for example. And I thought that was a great idea. And that way I'm, I'm still using that content, but it's just not in the what the final product is. Oh yeah, definitely. Because you have so many uh, channels of different formats right. of media that you're putting out. I mean, you, you have blog posts, you have podcasts, you, you can go ahead and I even talk about this or not other people's podcasts so mm -hmm. it, it, you have many different means so it's not like you're a writer who only writes books so for you it's much easier to incorporate those in many different other formats as well right okay so uh let's uh, do, do you have anything like surprising difference of experiences between writing your first book and this one well i think the, the most surprising thing that happened here was you know, they always say that the title 
um, can come later, right? And, you know, I actually spent a good amount of time in the beginning coming up with a title, which actually didn't even end up becoming what the title was. I realized through writing this book that um, it, it, it actually changed what it, what it was and what its purpose was over time after I sat down and write certain sections. And, you know, it was actually in a mastermind group that I had um, where I was discussing what the title was. And, to, you know, I shared what the book was about and the content and, and literally in the last minute of this hour conversation I had with these five other people, uh, my, uh, my friend Roderick said, well, this just makes me think of, you know, will it fly? Because it's about testing your ideas before you actually build them to see if they'll work or not. And for whatever reason, that 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 just stuck. And um, every you know that was the one that everybody was like, "Ooh, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. that's a good one. That's what it is." And this is again after after the content was what I thought was was you know done. At, you know, it was an early draft, but I, I had it done, and then this title eventually came, and I was like, "Wow, that is perfect." And so I actually then added several new sections. I changed the structure of it to match that title. And then actually the introduction, uh, introduction paragraph, uh, which is a story about my son and, and him folding a paper airplane and, and not being very successful with that. Uh, it, 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 the title really glued everything together for mm-hmm. me. And, and that was opposite of, of what my experience was at first, where I knew what the title was. It was called Let Go. And it was that reason because I got let go from my job, but also I had to be, you know, figure out how to let go of my, uh, you know, being conditioned to think that I had to work a nine to five job and all those things. So, you know, the title came later, but then it actually played a huge role in what, what the book became. And a lot of the structure of the book uh, is is around this idea of, of flight and launching, which is what people in online business do. You know, we launch stuff all the time, but how do you know if it's actually going to fly? And, um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of great analogies with that. One of my favorite is in the book, you know, a lot of people who work on things without knowing why or what their destination is. You know, they don't have goals. It's, it's like you're flying a plane and it's kind of cool in the beginning. You're sightseeing and you're up there in the air and it's cool and it's fun. But eventually, if you don't know where you're going, you're, you're going to lose gas and you're going to be grounded again. And you might end up further away from where you started if you don't even know. Uh, you, you might end up further away from where you know you should be if, if you don't you know, have any idea of what direction you want to go in. And, um, you know, again, the, this flight motif that, that it's, it's, it's just worked out perfectly. And so the title, Will It Fly?, how to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. Just, um, you know, I'm very thankful for how that all progressed. And uh, even though it was late in the process that came in, uh, I felt very motivated after that came in because it really, like I said, glued everything together. And even though I had a lot more work to do after I figured that out, uh, it was definitely worth it. Interesting. I was just previewing your um, book's first chapter and the story about uh, your son's experience of folding the paper and making an airplane which didn't fly. And and when I saw the title as well, I, I somehow eventually had this thought that uh, this is the first thing that came to your mind. And from there, you started writing the book. No, so now that no. you say the story, it's very interesting. You mentioned that. So will you feel comfortable telling us what the initial title was? Yeah, the initial uh, title was uh, something like Smart Start or the, the Smart Start or Starting Smart. Um, right. Because that, that kind of went along with my brand, Smart uh-huh. Passive Income, uh, which, which was uh, obviously a good start, I think, for, for where it began. But then, you know, this Will It Fly thing really took over and uh, became the one that when I talked about it with other people to validate it, they were like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. And, oh, yeah. you know, the, the interesting thing about this, I was talking about this on another interview earlier, and I didn't even realize it until he pointed it out. Like, 
the, the, the title of my first book is Let Go. And the title of this book is Will It Fly? And they actually go hand in hand. They go yeah. really well together. And somebody was like, is this a sequel to your first book? And I'm like, no. And then I thought about it. And then I was like, wow, maybe it is. And I don't know. It's kind of funny how that worked out. And it wasn't purposefully a, a, a sequel to it, I guess you could say. But a lot of people who did read that book were like, okay, well, tell me how to do this too. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is where Will It Fly comes in. And of course, in order to make things fly, you have to let things go. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's kind of, you know, uh, sometimes we think that things uh, happen coincidentally and, you know, just, you know, uh, we don't see the logic. But, you know, later on when we're going back and, you know, connecting the dots, mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, there are no accidents in this. It's, right? like, it's crazy that's how the world works me- sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it meant to be. So it's 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 great. And and I, I do realize, you know, I have this, I haven't read the book yet, but, you know, knowing what it is about and getting the feel from the first chapter, I have this feeling that it's, it's very in line and very... Um, I mean, uh, alongside with your first book. So yeah, it could be a sequel in a, in a way. Okay, so let, let's just um, understand one thing. Um, we, we always talk on this podcast about what actually publishing books bring in to a person's mm-hmm. life, what are the biggest advantages, what, what they come up with as a bonus from being a published author. So what let go brought to you? Because it seems like, you know, uh, some people might think, well, you are an accomplished uh, online businessman, you have a huge audience, you are a successful podcaster. It, it's like you had it all. So what, <laughs> what was that something that your first uh, book and pub- be- becoming a published author brought to you? Well, the first one was essentially a way for me to tell my story in a deeper way. And so what came out of that was a deeper relationship with my audience. Everybody who's read that, I feel that uh, they, they now have a deeper connection with me, which of course is is helping when uh, building raving fans and getting people to trust me and then recommend my work to their friends and family and that that sort of thing. Like that's that's where that role that that book played. It wasn't there to make money. It wasn't there, uh, even wasn't there to, to expose myself to new people. It was there to better serve my audience and to, ha- to make a deeper connection with them. And it, it has served that purpose and it still continues to do that. Um, with Will It Fly, however, it's a different, it's a different um, you know, uh, motivation behind it. Um, yes, it is there to serve my audience, of course, and also build a deeper relationship too, but it's definitely there for more exposure. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using Amazon.com to uh, take advantage of, of, of what I can do on that platform and some of the things that happen when, uh, you know, you rank really high or their algorithms and search engines yeah. and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And it's there to primarily create more exposure for myself and my brand and introduce people to who I am and, and what I have to offer to get more people to the website, but also introduce them to the kind of work that I teach and how I teach it. And then also lead them eventually into a course at some point, um, which is, which is my goal for those who are interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, you know, a part of that, uh, is, is just enhancing the experience that people have with my brand. And I feel like this book is a great introduction to, to who I am and what I can teach and how I teach it. But also, it's a it's a sort of low risk, uh, low barrier to entry, not overwhelming way to do that. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of like I could I could create a course right now, and I and I will in the future. But I could create this like slam dunk course, 
that you know people would have to pay a lot of money for and and they would get great stuff out of it but that's that's kind of overwhelming and i feel like a book is a great way to introduce a certain topic and get people familiar with not only myself as an author but you know online business in general to then lead them into further things down the road and and that that's really what what i wanted to accomplish uh this this time around and you know i could have wrote this book i had contemplated for the longest time of you know is my goal for this book New York Times bestseller. And that was that's definitely an option. I've actually had publishers knock on my door asking for um, to, to, to work with me and, and have that be, you know, a big motivator. But that's not my motivation this time around. I'm actually not even wow. qualified to get that because I'm actually publishing simply through Amazon and CreateSpace. Um, I need to have physical books in stores in order to be eligible for New York Times, I've recently found. And yes, there, there are ways that I could work with distribution companies and things like that. But again, Part of my overall plan here, and I've, I've noticed a lot of authors who who rank really high and do really well on Amazon who are self-published, mm -hmm. they then have a lot more leverage the next time they write a book. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, then I can perhaps get a better deal and then, you know, have a better chance of getting on the New York Times bestseller list. And, you know, you might be wondering, well, what's the big deal behind the New York Times bestseller list thing? Well, that opens up a whole new series of doors and opportunities that allow you to share your message to a grander audience yeah. too. So, you know, this this is a long-term game for me. This is a long-term play. This isn't a, a quick money-making kind of thing. With the third book, you'll be there in the, with the uh, third book. <laughs> third or fourth or, you know, one of yeah. these down the road. Um, you know, I feel like I have a lot more books uh, in, in my arsenal down the road. And, you know, one of the other books I had considered writing was based on my most popular presentation, which is uh, about building raving fans because I know I know oh, yeah. a lot of information about that. I, I obviously have a lot of raving fans, and um, I've done a lot of research on that. And it's proven that that particular topic in presentations uh, always gets the highest ratings at different conferences and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that, that that's also something I could write about. But I felt like this had to be done first. It's it's the introduction to you know starting a business, or if you have one already, like how do you know that thing that you're working on is going to work out for you or not. Because that's that's the that's one of the biggest fears that people have and a exactly. reason why they don't get started. And so I wanted to tackle that. And uh, it wasn't easy, but I, I was happy to do it and, and put myself on the line for that. So can you tell that the idea for the book, did it come from all these frequent <coughs> questions that uh, your fans are asking you? I mean, was it based on the hu big demand or it was something you really wanted to share? I mean, which came first? How did you come up with the idea of this book? Great question. Two places. One, you know, I have a, another show in addition to the Smart Passive Income podcast called Ask Pat. Right? Yes. And on that show, I answer a voicemail question for my audience five days a week. Well, a cool byproduct of that show is that I get voicemail questions from my audience every single day, dozens. And it is, the, it is their biggest problems. It's, their, it's what they want an answer to. And the number one question I get is exactly this. How do I know if my idea is actually one that's going to work out? Or, or, you know, how do I know if it's time to quit on this thing I've started because, mm -hmm. you know, nothing's paying off? Or how do I know this is going to work or worth the time? Um, then I validated that through a survey. I did a survey with my audience and a number of people responded. I segmented out those who were just starting out or who haven't even started yet. And I looked at their answers for why they feel like they're not successful or why they feel like they haven't gotten started yet. And again, it's the exact same reason. So that gave me a good thought that, you know, this is this is a topic I, I needed to write about. Um, it, it definitely wasn't one of the initial ideas, although I did want to give something to people who are just getting started. But I didn't know it was going to be this angle of, okay, well, 
is it is is this idea that you're working on going to work out or not? Um, but it is, it's really cool that this is actually what the book is about. I think um, it's definitely a good angle for sure, and it's of interest to a lot of people. And you know, I'm not the first person to talk about this. I'm actually not the first per, first person to write about this. Tim Ferriss was the first one that I remember back in 2007 in his book, The Four Hour Work yeah. Week. There was a there was a chapter in there called Testing the Muse where he micro tested a, a certain product on uh, using Google AdWords sending traffic to a web page that looked like it was selling a product and he kept track of how many people were clicking on that buy now button and that's how he gauged whether or not that was a business he should go into and you know a lot of people were really excited about that chapter but he didn't really talk more about that and so I'm kind of taking that and and actually expanding on it and there are a lot more ways to do it than that way I just mentioned now Uh, with all the tools that are available there's been a lot more people who have done this and now people are more uh, you know Kickstarter and Indiegogo and those kinds of platforms like people are getting used to paying for things mm-hmm. great ideas before they're even built yet just to kind of pledge and say yeah I, I would totally buy that and not just say that they would buy it but pay money to say that they would buy it which is the truest form of validation because you know we could go to our friends and family and say hey is this a good idea and they would say yeah yeah I totally buy that but you know they're just how do you know if they're just being nice or you know if they would actually buy it or not and again this oh, yeah. is this I talk about all these things in the book but that that's where the idea for the book came from is uh, from my audience Okay, yeah, I see. So basically, uh, can, can we project this for authors, let's say? I mean, businessmen, uh, online business owners are kind of, you know, they have an idea for business. They are wondering whether it will work or not. And yeah. writers have ideas for uh, books, but they don't know whether they should put so much time and effort in that because they don't know if that idea or that topic has a demand or not. So if you kind of, you know, project your knowledge of the online business into from writer's perspective, what do you think? I mean, what should one do if I have a book idea? How do I validate that? So if you have a book idea, or maybe even stepping back before that, if you don't have an idea, you obviously want to solve some person's problem, you know, and, and we're talking nonfiction here, of course. Yeah. So of course, there's fiction is a, is, a, is a different way of coming up with an idea, but it could be validated in, in the same kind of way. And what I would do is actually create a micro version of that book of what that book is. You know, what a lot of people do is they write these books or they create these businesses and then they go to the rooftops and they shout, like, I buy my thing and then nobody buys it and they, they wonder why. Yeah. Well, they, they, they're they not sure why because they just built the whole thing already and then they go up there and nobody's, nobody's answering. Well, the thing is you want to make sure that people are going to answer first before you then build out the whole thing. So as a writer, what you could do is you could either land a guest post on another person's site and talk about this topic that is this new idea that you have and talk about it in a very extensive way where you're providing a lot of value. And then at the end, you kind of get people to raise their hands if they're interested in more of that kind of information. And you could do that by collecting their email address or sending you an email or, or whatever. You're not asking for payments or anything, but you're just getting validation from them that, yes, this is a topic they want to learn more about. So that's kind of one thing you could do. Uh, a step further that you can do is you can create a mini version of the book in terms of like a, a mini PDF file or a, a lead magnet, something that people would then exchange a, an email address for to uh, subscribe to your list. And this is something that Michael Hyatt did uh, very recently. He's coming out with a new book. And the way he knew that this was a book he was supposed to write is that it was his lead magnet for the longest time. A much, uh, obviously, a very, very much shorter version of it. But because so many people responded well to the PDF file that he gave away for free, he knew that this was a topic that he could then write about and turn into a book. 
so th th those are just a couple quick ideas that you can use to make sure that people are interested in something first and actually just putting a little bit of time in a controlled environment up front before actually spending all that time and effort and, and potentially money on something uh, down the road. Okay, I see. So the the launch of the um, book is February first. You said February first. Yeah, we're coming up to almost a month from the time of this recording. I'm so scared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you. I mean, are you nervous? And what are you scared of most? You know, I'm I'm nervous of. Gosh. You know, I don't even. The, the funny thing is, you ask me that question, I, I can't even answer it. I just, I'm just nervous, and and I'm even asking this to myself right now. I guess I'm scared of just letting people down. You know, I've I've done so many great things online, and I know a lot of people um, expect great things from me in the future, and I want this to be living up to the standards that I um, put out there on my podcast and, and on my show and uh, on my blog and SPI TV and all those sorts of things. So so that's one part of it. I'm, I'm also, you know, even though I know that I. I shouldn't listen to the haters and I shouldn't listen to, you know, the one star reviews and all that sort of stuff. I know it's going to come. It just it just naturally does that, um, especially when you're creating something that is bold, like the topic of this book. You're going to upset some people. Some people aren't going to agree with you. And, you know, I, I mean, I've learned over time to grow a thick skin, but I, I can't help but you know, read those things from time to time. And, and you know, I, I don't get upset. I don't let it affect me anymore. But I just, you know, I just hate to see when I've let somebody down. Um, you know, if it's, if it's obvious that this person is just a hater and they're disrespectful, then, you know, I actually just laugh at that. But uh, if it is somebody who, who is actually let down uh, and, and leave some, you know, comments like that, then, you know, I will feel a little bit bad about that. And, you know, I don't know if I would take the Gary Vaynerchuk approach of, of you know, trying to interact with that person and, and help them you know, through certain things or, or just, you know, do what I normally uh, offer as far as advice for people, which is just, you know, ignore them and, and make sure you know that there's a lot of people out there who do need you and need your time and attention. So, you know, those are those are some things that just pop into my head at the, at, uh, at this moment. Okay, well, I see. Well, I mean, the, the episode most probably will be coming out around the launch. So I will just Thank you. plan and schedule it. So by the time everyone listens to this, the book will be most probably out and they can go and grab it directly. And uh, I'm sure you have this huge community of writers who know what struggles you were having who have gone through that uh, in the Facebook um, group we're having which is like over 13,000 members already. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Patsfirstbook.com is the domain because that was actually a launch group that I created for the first book that then just took a life of its own and you know, I want to thank you for, for being an admin in there and, and, and a few of the other people too who, who are great and super gracious with their time to keep that board very clean and exciting and helpful helpful for people. Um, but yeah, that, that you could find that group and join it if you're a writer too at patsfirstbook.com that'll redirect you to that Facebook group and um, you know I'm working with a smaller group now for the launch of this book uh, about 500 people who have been getting access to the book early who have been seeing the cover early before everybody else and you know we're getting getting them excited about launch day and you know they're going to help uh, move the book uh, when it launches on February 1st and uh, hopefully you and your audience can help join in and you know not officially in the group but just be a part of the process of you know making it a great launch and you know, for anybody else out there who who does grab it, you know, thank you uh, in advance. I, I do appreciate you and uh, your support and I hope you enjoy it. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm absolutely sure that this topic is of value to my audience as well. And it's uh, it's something that, as you mentioned, not only your audience, but I think many audiences are having the same issues and the same questions they they would like to get the answers to. So um, we, I'll be impatiently waiting for this book. And uh, I'm, I'm really thankful for coming over once again to the show and uh, for talking to me because it's a really great experience. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Okay, well, I hope that you enjoyed the interview. I'm sure that the book will be extremely useful because uh, I personally have several ideas which I would prefer to know in advance whether they will work or not before I put in loads of time and effort and money into that. Meanwhile, I am working on a coaching program, so I'm putting together an offer for you guys. And if you are interested and would like to know more details before it's actually out, because it will take a little bit of time before everything is set up just shoot me an email at annie at anniealexander.com annie spelled a-n-i and maybe you don't have to wait for so long we can come up with something together much earlier than all this thing is officially launched well take care have a great week and i will meet you in the next episode (laughs) 